Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's podcast channel. The following sermon was preached on April 16, 2023, on the basis of John chapter 20, verses 19 to 31. Grace and mercy and peace are yours through our risen Lord. Amen. There's a, a really unique account in the Old Testament about Jacob. The Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that Jacob, where Jacob was tricked. Uh, Jacob had fallen in love with one of Laban's daughters. Her name was Rachel, and he wanted to marry Rachel. He, in fact, he had gone to Laban and asked for her hand in marriage, and Laban said that that was okay, that he could have her hand in marriage. He said that, but he had other intentions. You see, he had another daughter named Leah, who he kind of wanted her to be married before Rachel. And so when it came time for the ceremony, instead of Rachel showing up, Leah showed up. Now, you might be like, well, wouldn't Jacob have noticed that, right? But in those days, they had the custom of wearing a pretty thick veil, so Jacob couldn't even see the face of the person that he was marrying. He thought he was marrying Rachel, when in fact he was marrying Leah. Eventually, Jacob would marry Rachel. But I bet at that ceremony, he peeked under the veil. <laughs> I bet he looked, because he needed proof. He was not going to be tricked again. No one was going to pull one over on him again. If you've been tricked before, maybe you would react the same way. Maybe you would want a, a little bit of proof. <laughs> maybe you'd be a little bit more cautious in trusting and giving trust to someone after you've been tricked once. We'd like to trust people, I think. I think we really do desire to trust people. But deep down, we know that that's not the way the world works. This world is a sinful world, and it's full of deception. If you, if you give trust to somebody, you are taking a little bit of a risk because you might be tricked. If you take somebody at, your, at their word, you run the risk of having one pulled over on you. At this point in the text, it's still... Easter evening, right? So a lot has happened this day already. But the disciples are now locked in a room because they're afraid of the, the Jewish leaders. Uh, the Jewish leaders had killed Jesus. They had heard, John had seen, the other disciples had just heard what had happened to Jesus. And they assumed, we're next. The Jewish leaders are coming for us. They're trying to wipe out anyone that was involved with Jesus whatsoever. So they were scared, and so they had the doors locked, <laughs> which maybe, if you're thinking about all the things that are going on that day, is just a little bit surprising. Because Peter and John, you remember, they were the ones who ran to the tomb and they saw that the tomb was empty and they had heard that Jesus had been risen from the dead. Uh, the women who had made their way to the tomb, they saw the empty tomb and they saw Jesus. Mary Magdalene saw, Je saw Jesus, the, the other women who were running back. Had Jesus appeared to them, and they had gone and they had told all of this to the disciples, yet the disciples are still locked in a room and afraid. Now, before we're too hard on the disciples, there's a lot of things going on here, right? There, there's probably mixed emotions in that room. 
They're, they're happy that, that Jesus has been raised from the dead, if they believe that at that point. Uh, maybe some of them did believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. Maybe others didn't quite know what to make of this yet. And regardless, if Jesus has been raised from the dead, it really didn't change the fact that the Jewish leaders were still out to get them. And so they were afraid, locked in this room. You can imagine the different emotions and feelings that were there. And that's the situation into which the, the risen Jesus enters. He, he enters a room with a locked door, which is obviously going to take those disciples by surprise. He assumes that they're going to be afraid. And his very first words are, peace, peace be with you. They were afraid. This guy showed up out of nowhere. They didn't expect to see Jesus. They, they knew it was him, but they didn't really know what to make of this. In fact, they were so afraid that they started coming up with some wild theories. In the, in the Luke account, we, we have this account in both John and Luke. In the Luke account, they come up with this theory that it, it's a ghost, right? He, he walked through the wall. He, he appeared out of nowhere. It's a ghost. And Jesus puts that one to bed real quick. He has them touch the nail marks in his hands. They're still there. He really did die on the cross. They, they had, he had them put his, their hand in his side where that spear pierced him after he had died on the cross. He ate and drank in front of them, which presumably he couldn't do if he was a ghost, right? Imagine what the disciples are thinking through all of this. How? <laughs> How is this possible? We thought you died. People saw you die. How is it that you're here right now? Are we dreaming? Is this real? Pinch us. But Jesus had been raised from the dead, and guess what? It was just as he said. Also in the Luke account of this same, same story, Jesus says this to the disciples. This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. I told you this was going to happen, Jesus said. The disciples never should have worried. They never should have been afraid. Everything was going to happen just as Jesus had said. That all took place on Easter evening, but one of the disciples was not there, Thomas. And of course, all the disciples told him, we've seen the risen Lord right? That's not something you keep to yourself. We've seen Jesus, and he is alive. But Thomas is skeptical. He's skeptical. He kind of wants to, to see. He, he doesn't, he's not going to take the disciples at, at their word. It, it's kind of interesting to think there, there's a week that passes between uh, Easter evening when Jesus first appeared to the disciples and when he comes back and appears to Thomas, um, when he comes back to the disciples a second time and appears to Thomas. There's a week that passes there. So what was that week like for the disciples? I kind of imagine the disciples just kind of relentlessly saying, Thomas, just believe us. We saw it with our own eyes. We saw Jesus. We thought he was a ghost at first, but then we got to touch his hands, his side. He ate and drank in front of us. This is really Jesus. He's really been raised from the dead, but Thomas wasn't going to believe it unless he saw it for him himself. He doubted the testimony of the disciples. Poor Thomas. Poor Thomas. This is the reading for every week after Easter. <laughs> every year we have this very same reading the week after Easter. And so Thomas, 
who doubted has become now synonymous with doubt. You've heard of doubting Thomas. People who aren't even Christians know doubting Thomas. His name has now become synonymous with doubt. That's quite the legacy, right? But Thomas is not unique. He's the one that we get to look at and observe, but Thomas really shows us something that we also deal with too. Doubt. Doubt assails us. It comes and attacks us. It comes at the times we don't really want it to come. And it's there. It comes for different reasons. um, And and it comes in different forms. Maybe we are, are tempted to doubt what's in here. What's in the Bible here? And, and it, maybe it comes on some of the bigger things, right? Did, Jesus, or did God really create the world in six days and rest on the seventh? Did Jesus really do miracles? And if he did do miracles, well, then did he really rise from the dead? You could insert a million different questions there, a million different doubts that we have concerning the validity of the word. But but maybe doubts come in a different form, too. Maybe we are tempted to doubt the validity of our faith. (laughs) Do I really believe what I say that I believe? Is my faith weak and hanging by a thread? Am I really going to be with Jesus in heaven someday when I die? And these doubts are not made easier by trials and persecutions. (laughs) When someone uh, starts to make it difficult for you to be a Christian, they they start to to bring persecution into your life, doubt comes knocking at the door. When pain enters your life through injury or disease, guess what's standing right there? Doubt. When the unbeliever's life looks a whole lot nicer and better than your life, doubt is right there whispering in your ear. Poor Thomas. He was dealing with all of that. He, he was afraid of the Jewish leaders. He, he thought his life was in jeopardy. He, he was emotionally distressed because his Lord and Savior had, had just died. And as far as he knew, Jesus was still dead. Doubts were swirling around Thomas's head. And now the disciples are trying to tell him that they had seen the risen Jesus. This one, he was going to have to see believe. Maybe you felt like Thomas before. You just wished you could see. When you have doubts, when when the devil comes to you with those doubts, you've just wished God would just show up and talk to you and and assure you that it's all okay and that everything that you believe is, is real and that you really do have faith. You think, if only If only he would do that. If only you could have been one of the ones in the crowd witnessing Jesus' miracles, then, then you would believe. You know, you think that, and guess what? I've thought that too. But then you remember, there was a lot of people that saw Jesus, witnessed his miracles, heard him preach, that didn't believe in him. There are, are many Pharisees who never came to call Jesus their Lord. There are a lot of people in those crowds that witnessed Jesus' miracles and Jesus' teaching that that never believed in him. Let's be honest, some of the people that heard God's voice didn't really like what he was saying. 
We, we like to think that seeing is believing, but not always. Thomas did get to see, though. Jesus appeared a, a second time to the group of the disciples under almost the exact same circumstances. The disciples, a week later, must still be afraid because they're still locked in a room together. This time, Thomas was with them, and Jesus appears. Now, now Jesus knows. <laughs> He's God. He, he knows. He knows all the doubts that are running through Thomas's head. He knows that Thomas has demanded proof. And so you might expect him to show up and kind of scold Thomas a bit. Really, you, you don't believe? You won't take the, the apostles at their word? You won't believe? But he doesn't show up like that. Again, he, he enters the room and says, Peace be with you. And he deals with Thomas in a gentle manner. Shows him again his hands. Lets him put his finger in his side. He, he does the exact same thing that he, he did with the other disciples and shows Thomas and then he gives them a little call to action. Stop doubting, but believe. What he demanded, the faith that Jesus demanded, he also produced in Thomas. And that faith that he produced in Thomas, it was very effective. This faith was so strong that Thomas no longer doubted that Jesus had been raised, he says, my Lord and my God. And this faith would be strong throughout Thomas's life too. Would he have doubts again? Absolutely. Thomas was not a perfect guy. <laughs> but he believed and he was certain that Jesus had been raised from the dead. In fact, this is how certain he was. As tradition has it, Thomas was the guy who, who went off to what we know now as India. And, and he taught people about Jesus in India. And while he was in India, he died for his faith in a terrible way. He was impaled on a pole. This faith that once had doubted that Jesus has been raised from the dead now was so certain that Jesus had been raised that he was willing to die for that faith. That's not unique to Thomas either. Eleven of the twelve apostles died a martyr's death. All, everybody but John. John died of old age, but he had his own persecutions too. But 11 of the 12 apostles died for their faith and, and in terrible, unimaginably painful ways. But they would have rather died than deny what they knew to be true. Jesus had been raised from the dead. Maybe it still leaves you wanting a bit though. Because Thomas doubted but he actually eventually got to see, right? He did get to see. When you doubt, you don't get that, right? But then again, listen to what Jesus says to Thomas. He says, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. That's you. That's me. We have not seen and yet we have believed. And Jesus says that means we are, are blessed. Faith and sight are not the same thing right now. But one day they will be. One day you will see Jesus and you will see the nail marks on his hands. You will see where the, where the spear pierced him on his side. You will see him coming back on the clouds and you will be with him forever. 
with your risen Lord. But until then, doubts will still come. Until then, the devil will still try to take advantage of your vulnerabilities. He'll still introduce doubt into your life. But God has not left you defenseless. He has given you, in this book, eyewitness testimony. Thomas didn't believe the eyewitness testimony. The disciples had seen Jesus, but they, they didn't, he didn't believe it. You have eyewitness testimony. In fact, you have more written in Scripture than the disciples ever had. And these were written for a specific purpose for you. Not to answer every single question that you have, but this was written, Jesus says, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. You have the Bible so that you would believe. This is what fends off your doubts. When you have doubts, go here. This is what strengthens your faith. You want proof? You have everything that you need to believe right in here, even in the face of doubts, even in the face of trials and persecutions. This is the place where we should be going. And so here's my encouragement for you. Be one of those Christians that actually knows what's written in here. The biblical literacy rate is at an all-time low in the United States. People sometimes don't even know what they believe. Be one of those Christians that knows what they believe because you know what's written in here. And be one of those Christians that enjoys, enjoys a lifetime of blessings that come from being connected with the Word. Because what God demands from you, He produces through this Word. Amen. Hi there, Pastor Wilkie here. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Uh, if you like the content that we're putting out as a church, could you do us a favor and could you hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast? That helps us get seen by more people more often so that more people will hear about Jesus. Uh, we hope you enjoyed today and, and we hope you tune in again next week for another sermon.